Good evening, good evening. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So thankful to be back with you all for another episode of For Such a Time as This. We sincerely apologize about our delay. We are having some weather issues on this side of the country, and as we were traveling to do the podcast, we thought it necessary, when we thought it best once we got the weather report, to turn around and just stream it live from separate destinations on tonight. And so we are here with you all on tonight. Again, we apologize for being late But um, the weather, the weather is the weather. We can't control Mother Nature. And so if by chance, and pray for us, because our area is under a tornado watch at this time. So keep us in your prayers um, as we come tonight with another episode of For Such a Time. This is always, I am Reverend G. Lewis Tillman. This is... My brother, Reverend John Mason, brother Sam, he will be joining us here a little later on. And we just wanted to come today and share a word from the Lord. Um, We've been doing a series on, let's talk about the word. Reverend Mason and myself, we were in a, we were communicating the other day and got to talking about death. And we're gonna gonna jump back on that area tonight. Yeah, we've done an episode on death before, but sometimes the word of God has to be has to be repeated. Sometimes you need to hear it more than once. And so on tonight we're going to um, talk about death is writing a letter. And you guys pray for us because we had something else planned, but we know God will do what he always do. <clears throat> Reverend Mason, if you would be so kind, sir, lead us into a word of prayer. And we'll seek to see what God has to say through what he's already said, sir. Let us pray. Father, we're coming for you right now in the name of Jesus. And we, as always, Father, we want to give you thanks. Thank you, God. Because you've been better to us than we've been to ourselves. Thank you, Lord, for being so merciful, Father, and understanding, Lord, and uh, strengthening us where we've been weak and built us up where we've been torn down. Father, you always give us the assurance that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. So tonight, Father, as we uh, begin to uh, dig into your word tonight, Father. We ask that you give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, Lord. And we totally depend on your Holy Spirit, who will lead us and guide us into all truth, Father. Yes, Lord. Ask this question what is truth? Uh, your word is truth, Father. Yes, Lord. So we thank you, Lord, for being able to expound on your word tonight. That we pray and hope that. Uh, your word would help someone tonight, Father, to uh, be encouraged, Lord. And our main goal, Father, is that 
the word would change hearts, Father, change lives to where someone would accept your son as Lord yes. and Savior, Father. Yes. And Lord, that would be the best thing that could ever happen to him. So, Father, we ask you to help us tonight. We're going to already praise you in advance for what you're going to do. Because we've already believed that it's done. We thank you for the victory, Father. Tonight. In Jesus. Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. 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 And amen. God bless you. Thank you, Reverend Mason. I know the topic seems a little weird, but the topic is actually a song that I heard a group called the Evans Brothers out of Charlotte sing. I'm not saying they're the author of this song, but I love to hear these older gentlemen sing this song. It says, death is writing a letter and it's mailing it every day. It says, I'll be around to see you. Thank you, Lord. After a while. That's up, Mason. Death is writing a letter. And that letter is going out every day. And when the letter get there, uh, they they don't have time to read the letter. (laughs) But when death comes, death comes. I remember, and I had heard the song, I think it's what, Slim and the Supreme Angels? Yeah. Yeah, Death and the Beautiful Lady. Uh, yeah, I'm sure some of you all have heard it. About this beautiful lady, she was so beautiful. Nobody bothered in the town. People would come from miles around to see her. She'd leave her door open. And one day, death was in town. And death stopped by. And she's like, oh, death, I'm not ready. He's like, no, I, I didn't come for you. I just came to see you. Heard folk talk about you. I just wanted to see you. But he said, but, but please know. I will be back. (laughs) I'm coming back. She said, well, give me some signs before you come back. And so that pretty skin started to need makeup. Those once 2015, 2010 eyes began to need bifocals. That pretty jet black hair had to be dyed and uh, she didn't realize those were the signs because one day death showed up and she said I thought you said you were going to give me a sign he said I did when you started using the makeup that was a sign when you had to go and get some glasses to correct your vision that was a sign when you had to put that jet black dye in your hair to get rid of the gray that was a sign that I was on my way said you just didn't pay attention to the signs and Mason you and I were talking the other day about and if you can google it right quick Mason the number of people that die every year 
and it amazes me and it should amaze anybody that's available to hear us after they hear this number that by the grace of God none of us are in that number if you can see Reverend Mason and myself if you can hear us 2022 just passed and 2022 took a whole lot of people out of here and the song says I made it this far by the grace it left out the word mercy but mercy was in there too of God I've got two funerals to go to Sunday Mason not one two one after the other and the thing that started to bother me Mason is that people are not taking death as serious as they should People tend to think that they're going to live forever. Tend to think that they will live till they get old and then they can make a decision for Christ. That That's what I did, Mason. I said, well, I'll, I'll wait till I'm about 40. <laughs> then I'll give God my life. God had other plans at 2026, 20, 27. What you say? That's what I say. So I'm going to wait till I'm about 40. And I'll give my life to God and settle down and slow down and stop ripping and running and just live this Christian life. Because I was brought up in a Christian home. I had a Christian mother. My father passed years ago. But mama, Lord have mercy. <laughs> mama, mama raised us up in church. Mama made us go to church so much that we got mad about going to church. We were in church and 9 o'clock, 9.45, 11 o'clock, or 3 o'clock, and sometimes it's 6 o'clock. So. But you know what? I'm glad today that she did it the way she did. Because being in church like that and understanding now, I understand that one day I got to leave here. And we say it all the time on this podcast. You're going somewhere. It's heaven or hell. You're going to miss one of them. But you won't miss them both. And here's just a side note. The storm is reaching us. So if I lose power or something, we'll go out. We'll finish this later, Mason. But death is inevitable. Death is on its way. The thing about death is you never know when it's your time. That's the great mystery of death. You never know when your hour's coming. Never know what day 
what night. I mean, even since we've started the podcast, Mason, somebody has left us. Somebody somewhere has gone on. They've transitioned. And I, I, I say this and I don't say it facetiously or anything like that. But every time somebody dies, you always hear people say, rest in peace. Truth of the matter is, everybody's not resting in peace. Some people are suffering in torment. I want to ask a question. I want to pose a question. And here it is right here. Are you ready to die? Everybody want to live. But are you ready to die? Go ahead, sir. I looked up that number. Number was uh, three million three hundred eighty-three thousand seven hundred twenty-nine people. Every year. Every year. And that's that's the number there. Uh, last year, uh, and just think about it as the diseases continue to spread take us out and uh, we have to understand that the heart attacks and strokes and the diabetes and all of these other diseases that we have uh, is on the rise and so the numbers always seem to go up I think I told you about the story a while back where uh, I was talking to a co-worker one day and uh, I think Labor Day was coming up, and uh, he asked me, he said, uh, no, I asked him, that's the way it was, I asked him, I said, uh, what are you going to do for Labor Day? You know, you got any plans? Said, uh, it's just like any other day. Uh, you know, ain't no big deal. I said, okay. And little did he know, uh, a few days uh, prior to that, I was just curious just about looking, trying to find out uh, how many people died in the United States every every year. You know, just out of curiosity. So I looked it up, and I think at that time it was like uh, like two and a half million. Uh, and we see tonight uh, it's almost doubled that since that time. Uh, and and, it, and what amazes me more than anything else is that the very thing that uh, we don't like to talk about is the very thing that we should be talking about. All right now. Because death is going to be the thing that determines where you live. See, we, we, don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't get that right there. See, you're living now, but you're going to die to live somewhere else. And so wherever you live, at, and you just said it, you know, heaven or hell, uh, you're going to miss one. I mean, you're going to miss, I forgot how you say that, 
You're going to miss one, but you won't miss both. You're going to miss one, but you won't miss both. Exactly. And and the thing is, is the, even in not missing both, you will be the only one that could choose where you're going to live again at. And and we don't we don't want to talk about it. You know, I'm, I'm like, OK, if, if you knew the significance of this, how important your death was, because your death determines where you're going to live at for eternity. I think that was something that you would want to talk about. Uh, to try to put it off is not going to stop it from happening. Uh, when you think about it, you most people don't want to talk about it because they want to live. It's like, well, okay, why not guarantee your your living arrangements? Go ahead and guarantee <laughs> them now, and you ain't got to worry about it later. You can talk about death all you want to because as long as you're in Christ, you're going to live again. And maybe the reason why they don't want to talk about it is because they're not sure whether or not they're in Christ or not. And so... They're uncertain about where they're going to have to spend eternity in. And, and, and I can understand why they would be so uh, fearful to someone if they don't know for sure. And the thing about death, and you talked about it earlier, death, death is writing a letter. Now, but one thing about this letter here, when he delivers it, that won't be marked on that letter, uh, return to sender, <laughs> address unknown. It's not going to be that. Because I can guarantee you, when he brings the letter to you, whether you accept it or not. Well, you unaccept it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Whether you accept it or not. I mean, you you, you could say uh, you refuse to die and, and all that, but if, if once it's your time, is your time. I remember, man, Brother Sam, we're going to give you the floor in a second here. Um, I remember one night we were on the podcast, and this was during the time at the, it was about the height of COVID. I remember I had a, was watching CNN and the ticker was up. I hate to say it like that, but that's what they had. They were showing the people that died in the country, people that died in the world, people that had died during the week and people that had died during the day. And I think in maybe, what, an hour and a half episode, two, three, four thousand more people died. And the thing that gets me when people die is this right here, Mesa. My heart goes out to the family of that individual, but I always think within myself, Brother Sam, was that person ready to go? Did that person have everything right with God? Because when we look at the story of the rich man and Lazarus, and not Lazarus, the brother of Martha and Mary, but the poor beggar, we see where when they closed their eyes, it was an instantaneous transition. There's no pause, it's immediate. Because the Bible says, and the rich man died, and in hell he lifted up his eyes. And the beggar died, 
and was carried away into Abraham's bosom. Death is a surety. Death, you can't avoid it. You can't get around it. Death, I hear Lee Williams in my head say, death is like a policeman traveling this world today. So one day he got a warrant for you. He, he coming to get you. And the best thing to do is to be ready when death comes. People think, I remember you tell the story of the rookie demon, Mason. People think they got time. They got all the time in the world. That's what I used to think. I thought I was guaranteed them 40 years before I decided to give my life to Christ. I, I don't know whether I got the, I don't, we don't know whether we'll finish this podcast. People have died in church. Um, I'm not bragging, I boast in the Lord here. When I preach, Brother Sam, you've seen it, Major, I, I, I go, I give it all this in me. And I do that because one, he deserves it. But secondly, I remember one night in Oklahoma, and I shared this story before, there was a preacher in town who had been doing a three-night revival. In the church I went to, our pastor sometime, he said he, he made a vow to God that if God ever made him a pastor, the preachers that were under him, he'd let those pastors preach. And I was preaching one Wednesday night, and across town, it may have been five, six miles from where I was, God was preaching. And when he closed his sermon, he sat down in the chair and died. We both walked into the pulpit. I don't know what time he did, but we both stood up and preached on a Wednesday night. He got carried out. I walked out. struck me and I, I was listening to you all and forgive me for my lateness when we speak of death you for me it, I, I see that you know my heart goes out for everyone but at the same time what really hits me the most is that are we doing um, what God asks us to do to 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 go out and and, and to the hedges and highways and I was speaking to a friend of mine tonight and he and just talking to him and his the same day that his dad father was being buried his girlfriend died and then the following week one of his close friends died and then today or was it yesterday another one of his close friends died and what he said to me was <clears throat> he didn't say well I said, well, you know, I said, man, you're still here. I said, y'all are all doing the same thing you've been doing. Nothing has stopped that 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 circle that you've been on, the merry-go-round. I said, man, I said, that should be a wake-up call to let you know that there's God, you know, he spared you. You was in the same house with her when she went through her ordeal. You got hit in a wheelchair, but you still here. 
I said, man, that's time, you know, God just let you know, hey, man, this is an opportunity for you to really get it right. You know, he said that all I can do, brother, is keep on keeping on. And he's not thinking about us. He's not thinking about the afterlife. I said, man, we just had to be prepared that we're going to go where they're going, because I know that his girlfriend was right. But that's not the thought in his mind. He's thinking about the next day or what he's going to do. And I think are we really hitting home on death? And where are you going to live? And I think, Professor, you say it all the time. You, you, you see young men at the gas station. You say these things to them. Those are the things that we need to be saying because and the time is winding up. It kind of looked like, and in, in, in the way it looks, and I was reading, and as God, you know, not saying that God is taking everybody out, but there's a new cycle. And this cycle is, man, your time is winding up for a lot of people. You don't have to be 60, 70. All these people I just named, they're 40, 45, 30. You know, and are we really saying enough to say, I, I, I think that I should have said more to him to really like slap him and understand that hey this could be your last day because you may not wake up you may not go the next moment but are with death man are we really because people don't want to hear that and I know a lot of people don't want to hear those sermons of death and or, um, you go, you're going to heaven or you're not going to heaven or you're going to hell they don't want to hear those type of things but it's real though and that's the reality of what it is and you, you're saying it now then you're going to go one of these places you're going. So are we, we really, I would want to say that we have to, to somebody that's going to be listening to say, you know what, I have to get my life right. Will it be perfect? No. But are you striving to do your best, man? Because it, not only is death is writing a letter, but your living is writing a letter to somebody to follow. Oh, I agree. I agree. Uh, and last statement, Brother Sam made, uh, your living is writing a letter. Uh, somebody says that your life would be the only letter or the only Bible that people would read. Um, we don't understand the importance of being an example for Christ. Uh, as we say Christians, people need to see the, the Christ likeness in us uh, each and every day as we live. Um, I was thinking about how we how we do live uh, each and every day. Um, if you knew the numbers, like we do, where well, we said over three uh, and a half almost, million, almost yeah. three million. Yeah, people leave here. Now, that's not a that's not a small number. Not by far. That's a lot. That's a lot. And 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 the thing that has gotten me with that when when I first found that out. It was like a slap in the face to me because I understood. I said, okay, so what you're telling me from what I'm getting from this, when I, when I looked at that number 
over three million. I'm like, okay, so every time my birthday comes around, it's been a year. Every time my wife's birthday or our anniversary comes around, it's been a year. Every time my grandkids and my and my son and all of them have a, a birthday, it's a year. Every time holidays come around, whether Thanksgiving, Christmas or whatever, it's been a whole year. And from what I'm getting from that is that Excuse me. every time those days come by, and 365 days go by, death has taken out those millions of people. And we know all about it throughout the course of the year because we have loved ones that might have been in that number. Uh, we have friends and, and uh, co-workers that might have been in that number. But the thing is, is we, we understand that and we see that so we see the reality of death that it is real. A uh, person here today, and we used to say here today and gone tomorrow, but now we say here today and gone in the next few minutes. That, that's how, how death is. And so when we see how death is so close to us, taking our loved ones, taking our coworkers, and it's like death is just skipping around us, skipping around us, you know, getting people that we know and it's, it's, it's taking them in within that, that, that number, but it doesn't take us. And every time we celebrate, we just beat the statistics. And, and I was looking at it like this, not only did we beat the statistics, but our loved ones who we are helping to celebrate, they beat the statistics. But the thing is, is when I see that for this year, my thought process goes to this. I wasn't in one of the statistics last year. I wasn't caught up in all of those millions uh, that died last year. But this year is a new year. So That's what right. guarantee do I have no. that I won't be part of those millions this year? No, not one. And, and when we look at that high number of millions, I probably wouldn't worry about it that much if I was, if the number was 500 a year, if only 500 people died every year in the United States. You know, I'm like, okay, more likely, yeah, I probably won't be part of the 500. Yet. But when we talk about almost 4 million, and that's what the county is now, and it's climbing. It's like, I could very well, very easily. See, in that number. Yeah, I could be very easily be in that number. Because, see, you, you, you got to look at the odds. See, when a person's playing the lottery, there's the odds there, you know, where one in every, what, 300 million or something, however they say it. And, you know, I don't play the lottery, but I've seen the ticket before. Uh, as one, you could be that one. So people will play against those odds and say, yeah, I know the odds say one in every 300 something million I could win, but guess what? I might be that one. So they're willing to go out here and gamble, uh, literally gamble, uh, on that, that ticket, <laughs> thinking that it's a possibility 
that they can win the lottery and win all of that money. Now we're willing to gamble on something like that. And and you look at the odds and the chances are, no, you ain't gonna win. I mean, let's just be real about it. More likely, you are not gonna win. You know, somebody's gonna win it, but it's just more likely the chances won't be you. All right, so when we look at those type of odds, let's turn it around. Now, when you look at the odds when it comes to death, you got 300 something, almost 4 million to one, which means that you're one person, but you could be part of that 4 million and your chances are a whole lot much more greater of being part of that 4 million than you being that one in that 300,000 winning that lottery ticket. And the thing is, is that once that happens to you, once you die, there's nothing you can do to change it. And if you knew what was on each end, what was gonna happen to you, if you lift up your eyes in hell, you would do everything that you can do to avoid going to that place. I heard a story one time about a, uh, a guy who was being witnessed to by a new Christian. And uh, I think he met him in a park. Christian guy met this guy in a park and they just started the conversation, got to talking. And he uh, started asking questions about, you know, would he like to make Jesus Christ his Lord and Savior, you know? Uh, Asked him first of all, was it saved? And he said, no. He said, well, would you like to be saved? You know, uh, he said, because you will have to uh, either live in heaven or go to hell. And uh, and he started telling him about how hell was and all, you know. And the guy stopped him and said, well, say, sir, let me ask you this question. He said, if you really believe how bad hell was, or he said, he put it like this. He said, from what you're telling me, he said, if I really believe how bad hell was, if hell is as bad as you say it's gonna be, he said, I will crawl on my knees through broken glass to reach everybody I could to tell them about hell. He said, as if it's as bad as you say it is. And what he was indicating was that if you really believe that, that's what you should be doing to try to reach people. You should be doing everything in your power, every chance you get, no matter what, because you know people's lives are in danger of going to hell. But we as Christians, we're kind of lackadaisical about it. You know, it's like, yeah, you could go to hell, ain't no big deal, you know, but I'd leave that up to somebody else to tell you about it. Uh, but I ain't got the witches. I can guarantee you that most Christians have not even witnessed to their own immediate family because we're afraid what they're gonna say. We don't wanna fall out with them and we don't want to break peace with them. You know, we want to keep everything, you know, sort of uh, on, on the peaceful side. But if they go to hell and you had an opportunity to tell them about hell, do you think they're going to be in hell praising your name or do you think they're going to be in hell cussing you out? 
because they're going to say, my own brother, my own sister, my own cousin knew about this place and wouldn't tell me about it. It's going to be some people that think that way, probably already thinking that way now because we have some loved ones right now, whether we want to believe it or not, that inhale right now, lifting up their eyes. Brother Mason, what about the people that won't listen that you told? What about the ones you shared it with? They didn't want to hear it, but now it's a reality. Nobody fought but theirs. But I hear where you are. We've got to be better. But Sam said it. Are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? Are we as preachers crying loud and sparing not? You know, back in the days, the old preachers, they used to preach hell, hellfire, brimstone sermons. Hellfire. If you don't get it right, you go into hell. That's all they preach. Now, all we preach or all we hear preach is your blessings on the way, your miracles on the way, your deliverances on the way. Don't let a blessing, a miracle, a deliverance lead you to hell. Hell is real. And here's the thing about death. Death is final. When death shows up, everything left undone, everything left unsaid, any apologies that didn't get given, You can fall out over the casket. You can go to the grave all you want to. And you're right, Sister Jackie, some folks won't listen. But when death comes, it's final. There's no redo. There's no do-overs. That's it. And Reverend Mason, as you just laid out, it's about going to hell there's an alternative. <laughs> but everybody seemed to think they going there. Everybody seemed to think they on their way to heaven. I heard a preacher say one time, and he said this and then he paused. And when he paused, I looked at him like he had lost his mind. He said, everybody going to heaven. I'm like, say what? He, he, I'm like, you better fix this one. And he did. He said, everybody ain't staying. There we go. You, right. you, you got, you going. You're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ or the great white throne judgment. Death, like I was thinking today, and I'll post it here in a little while. One of the hardest deaths in the world to get over if you had that relationship with her, and probably even if you didn't, is the death of a mother. You you don't ever bounce back from losing your mother. You just don't bounce all the way back. It's something about mama dying that just is not like anything else in the world. There are some people Maybe some people who are watching us, people who may watch us, that have lost their mother. I have a cousin whose mom died almost 40 years ago. 
affected her so bad, Brother Sam, she won't go to nobody's funeral. Something about losing mama, something about losing loved ones. And I don't want to go left here, but I never have understood when somebody died. After the funeral, folk want to go and smoke, drink, cut the food. What sense does that make? That makes absolutely no sense. That loved one that you laid their remains in the grave. And here's another thing people need to understand that the funeral service is not when your loved one goes to heaven or hell. It's not like God holds them up till we lay them in the ground. When they passed away, they were gone, wherever they were gone. We're just laying the remains to rest. We're celebrating the life. We're memorializing that person. We're honoring them through the custom of a funeral. But death, everybody needs to know that one day you're going to die. And the reason I know that is because of the scripture that we have. Hebrews 9, 27. And as it is appointed under man, woman, boy, or girl, to die, once to die, it's appointed. That word appointed in the Greek means it's laid up. <laughs> There's a reservation. Um, several, my mom's been dead for be five years next month. <clears throat> and Brother Sam, several years before my mom passed away, I went out to see, to my sister's grave. And lo and behold, I look, and there's a tombstone for my mom and my dad. And my mom's still alive, but her name is on this tombstone. They got her birth year, but she's still alive, so they couldn't put the other year there. That thing did something to me. That thing said, wow, the reality is your mama going to end up there one day. People need to understand you're going to die one day. There's an appointment, and I say this all the time. If I got a hair appointment, sometimes I don't make my haircut appointment. Sometimes I call and I reschedule. Sometimes I call and I cancel my hair appointment. Sometimes I... I'm on time for my hair appointment. Sometimes I have to send them a message. I'm running a little late. Let me tell you something about disappointment. You can't reschedule it. You can't cancel it. You can't delay it. You're not going to be late for it. You're not going to be early for it. When is your time? It's your time. You're going to make that appointment. Uh, one day there was a man, this is a story I heard, he was traveling from Tulsa, Oklahoma to Little Rock, Arkansas. Little Rock, Arkansas. And from Little Rock, he was going to Memphis. And when he got to Little Rock, he ran into death, Brother Sam. He got so scared, he went back to Tulsa, packed his stuff, and drove to Dallas. But before he left, 
He saw his friend. His friend said, man, I thought you were on your way to Memphis after you left Little Rock. He said, yeah, I was, but when I got to Little Rock, I saw death and he scared me, so I'm going to Dallas now. So the man, he said, well, where did you see death at? He told him, and when he got there, death was still there. He said, man, why you scare my friend like you did? Death said, I didn't mean to scare him. I was just amazed to see him in Little Rock when I got an appointment with him in Dallas tomorrow. Can't run, can't hide. I like that sister. It's not if you're going to die, it's when you're going to die. Yeah. Yes. Go ahead, Sam. Oh, no, I agree. No, I was just agreeing with you. I think the main thing is where you're going to be living end up living is to for eternity and I think the, and you said it um, people think they have a lot of time left you don't have that much time left man. and then once you get to this and I remember I remember when you know you see people as they you know as they pass on you know they are in their 80s 90s you think you know they lived a long long life but then you look at now 30 or 40 and, you know that's not even, you know, half of the time that some people even live or even teenagers, you know. So that time is of essence. But I think people, why they're so afraid is they feel like they're giving up so much. And what they don't realize that this earthly life is going to pass away anyway. But they're tr still trying to hold on to the fun and all that the, the world has to give, not realizing that, man, if you just see what's in this, that book and those things and those the things that God has already stored up for you, and you'll leave all this stuff behind. But at the same time, you have to get there. And then some people never get there. I thank God that we all got there because I, like I said, I was, I was the devil's passenger. Me and was tight. And so, but man, you know, exactly. But, you know, thank God that there, we know there's something different out there. So it behooves us to, you know, and, and when I look at people now, when people see me now, they always make the comments of, man, I remember when, you know, and they was like, man, you were a piece of work. It's like, I can't believe you now, man. You just, home. I was like, man, I said, man, God. And they always say, you know, well, how can I get what you have? I said, man, God, it's not anything that I've done. But once you begin to speak that to them, you know, they stand offish a little bit, you know. But then you have to draw, you know, draw them in because, man, when you begin to speak, God will give you those words. And he'll give you exactly what you need to say to them. And they'll finally realize it. And I've had people come back to me and say, man, I'm glad we had that conversation. You don't know how much I needed that because just the next day or just a few hours ago you know after i talked to you man something came upon me and man what you given me man i had enough in me to resist that and go on so what we're doing is exactly what god wants us to do but are we doing it effective are we doing it consistent i think we have this thing about consistency the three of us I mean, are we really consistently doing this thing and, and i have to say for myself i'm guilty no you know, I do, you know, but are we out there really, really, you know, doing it, you know? Because some people, that's all they do. You know, they do it and they, that's all their passion and desire. They don't, you know, 
And I just feel like that's that's what I like to step away from. What I'm doing now is a regular job and to really be that, you know, at the forefront of doing that thing. But we have to. We must be about our father's business, man, because we just don't know. Like you said, somebody in our family may need it. They just may need those words that we have. And I hope that somebody's on the line or, or seeing the podcast, they sees it. You know, they see it, they hear it, and they say, okay, I'll apply that to my life. Because that's what I do every morning in the silence, you know, thankful. But not the thanking God, I praise him. Because, man, I have to praise him because phew, I could have woke up on the other side. Reverend Mason, give us your bow tie, sir. And I see uh, Sister Staten there. Uh, I agree with her. Uh, I think that would be the, the most fearful thing is not knowing when. Uh, I've often said that we all are like actors on a on a stage. Yes, sir. Uh, if anybody's familiar with the Shakespeare uh, plays you know, the Romeo and Juliet and uh, a lot of the other plays that uh, famous by him. Hamlet and Macbeth. Exactly. Oh, man. I, well, we're, we're talking about that later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, when you look at it, we're all like actors on the stage. You know, we, we all step on the stage and we play our role. You know, we, we've seen those played with scene one, act one. And once you go on the stage and you play your part, you exit the stage and then somebody else comes in behind you and begin to play their role. Uh, God has got this thing fixed up where each one of us play our role. And the sad thing is, is that we don't know how long we're supposed to play our role. And that's why when you look at death, it comes at any age. Some babies are born and don't even get a chance to even play their role at all. And God decides to take them. Um, they never get a chance to experience life and the joys of life, the disappointments of life, the pains of life. They never get a chance to explore that. And sometimes we say, well, they're gone, they gone too soon, you know. I'm like, well, that's in your opinion that they're gone too soon. But according to God, they're gone exactly at the time that he wants them to leave. And he may see stuff down the road that he knows they won't be able to handle. Uh, and he don't want them to go through that. He don't want them to suffer in that way. And so he decides that uh, it's their appointment time. Uh, some people live long lives, you know, to 80, 90, you know, even over 100 years old. Uh, and they're living exactly what God wanted them to live. That's, that's how long he wanted them to live. And, and, and we don't know exactly uh, when our time is. But when you look at how serious this thing is, uh, I would listen to another preacher of mine and, and, I, and I wrap this up. 
uh, it was a ministry called Legionnaire Ministries. And one of the teachers that I've always listened to, his name was R.C. Sproul. And R.C. Sproul used to travel the country and do lectures and teaching the Bible, expounding on the Bible. He did that on a regular basis. So this is, uh, this one time in particular, he was at this university. And at the end of his lectures, he has always uh, answered questions. And at the end of this particular lecture, there was a question that came up to him that he had to basically expound on and, you know, break it down and explain it the best way he could. And the question that the student asked him, he said, how can we be happy in heaven when we know our loved ones are suffering, being tormented in hell? He put it this way. Knowing the Bible where we say, where we read and God says that, uh, behold, he makes all things new and that he's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes and then the former things would be no more. I got to thinking about that one day. I say, if you think about it right now, that you got loved ones that died without knowing Jesus Christ, or if it's up to you, witness to people to make sure you have a, a a mind that's eased because you did what God asked you to do and and how do how do we know what God asked us to do what what did he tell us he told us to go into all the world preach the gospel uh and to compel going to the hedges and highways and compel men and women to come in uh, he's told us from day one that same commandment that he gave the disciples to go into all the world and preach to God. He's given that same commandment to us. All the disciples did was pass the torch. And all we're supposed to do is witness to people about the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're supposed to do that. Now, the thing that I'm getting at, this is the point. If God's going to make all things new, if he's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes, if he's going to uh, erase all of the former things, and he said there'll be no more. One thing for sure, if that a person, if he goes to hell, you're not going to be able to remember no more about the suffering of that person while he's in hell. And so, God's going to wipe all that away. So you won't have any sadness. You won't have any regret that that person or you didn't witness to that person. But now it's a reality that that person is suffering in hell. But once God erites or erases all that away from your mindset, the reality is is that that person is still suffering in hell. Whether you remember it or not, whether or not you can't shed tears anymore because he's going to wipe them all away, or whether or not the former things have passed away, that thing, that very thing right there, that that person is in hell because of the, the Christian 
that did not witness to him is still going to be suffering. You won't know about it. But they still will be suffering. So since you know the reality of that, why don't we do what God has called us to do? Why don't we get in a hurry about it? We are, we, we're, very, we're very quick to tell somebody about God's going to bless us. You know, and he's going to do it, you know, threefold or fivefold or however we say all of that. We, we, we're good to tell them about the goodness of the Lord. But when it comes down to telling them about there's also a judgment that's going to come from the Lord also. Not just, not just blessing, but there's also going to be a judgment. So we know we serve a loving God, but we also serve a God of judgment, a God of wrath also. And a lot of preachers won't preach about that part right there because we think we're going to run people away. You know, well, you know, you start talking about uh, that type of uh, judgment, you know, about God, then, you know, people don't want to come to church because they're uncomfortable. Well, I'd rather be uncomfortable here than to be uncomfortable in here. Death, death is coming. This is true. Will you be ready when it comes for you? The Hebrew writer said, and as it is appointed unto man, I'm trying to find this poem I wrote about hell. And as it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. While the blood is running warm, that's the old song they used to sing. Sometimes we still sing it. I like some of them old songs. But the song says, while the blood is running warm, running in your veins, you better stop and get religion. Try to serve the Lord. While the blood is running warm, running in your veins. You see, once the blood stops running, you don't have a choice then. You don't you don't have a chance. It's over with. It's done. It's 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 no more. It's a situation to where there it is. It's a situation to where you don't get a second chance, you don't get a do-over. The only chance we have is right now. Everybody listening to me, everybody not listening to us, all of us gonna die one day. There's a there's a date reserved, laid up, stored, appointed, set aside for you and I to take our last breath, to tell somebody the last time we love them see our loved ones the last time on this side. There's a date that all of that's going to cease. Won't be no more. The question again is, are you ready? Remember growing up, Brother Sam, we didn't have a lot, so we weren't in the house playing video games. We was outside playing stickball, football, 
Sometimes we shot basketball in a milk crate. We cut the bottom out of it. Then we made up games. Or we played games like hopscotch. And this one right here, hide and go seek. Hide and go seek. You smiling. You must know something about it. Because that was... Yes, uh, Red Rover, Red Rover, Simon said, yeah, we played games like that. But that was a base, and somebody would go to the base and count 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 55, 60, 65, 70, 75, 80, 85, 90, 95, 100. Then they'd say, ready or not, here I come. And they were coming to look for someone. And the thing was, that was the tagger. You didn't want to get tagged because then you would have to tag somebody to get off the base. Well, there's a day. And I want y'all to know, I already been tagged. <laughs> Jesus tagged me, Mason. So when he come, I ain't going to be running. Matter of fact, I'm looking. With all that's going on in our world right now, you better be looking. Signs are all around. He's coming back. There's people like we're living in the last day. Yes, we are. The last day started when Jesus left. Look at look look at the signs. Got kids bringing guns, six years old, shooting teachers because they don't like a six-year-old shooting a teacher. Wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, this storm that's upon us right now could turn tornadic at any time. Mothers against daughters, fathers against sons, nations against nations. Go to 2 Timothy 3 and Paul say, Know this, that in the last days, perilous times shall come. And look at all those things Paul talked about. In the midst of all that's going on, one day we won't be a part of it anymore. One day we got to clock out of here. One day... Uh, Brother Mason, you've done it. I've done it. Brother, Brother Sam, Lord knows you may do it one day. Who knows? We've stood over people's bodies and we've said something like this for as much as it has pleased Almighty God in His infinite wisdom to take out of this world the soul of our dearly beloved brother or sister. We therefore commit their body back to the earth. Earth to earth, ashes to ashes, and dust to dust. You you gone. One day somebody gonna stand over us and do that. Mason, you may do it for me, I may do it for you, Sam, vice versa. True. One day we gotta leave here, y'all. Are you right with God if He called you tonight? Where would you spend eternity? And folk don't like stuff like this. Some folks that you said it, man, folk don't want to hear this kind of stuff. This stuff is not the stuff that's preached and taught nowadays. 
It's all about your blessings and your miracles. And yeah, I'm being repetitive because that's what I'm being preached. Repetitive. So the Bible said, Paul said, preach Christ and him crucified. Yeah, you got to encourage people in the word, but don't mislead them. One day you're going to die. One day you're going to leave here. You got two choices. <clears throat> Heaven or hell. Brothers, can I read this poem again? It's entitled, Hell, Don't Go There. There is a place I bid you that you do not go. A place of darkness and misery that's deep down below. A place of persecution. A place of utter torment. A place for the ungodly where all unbelievers are sent. To truly describe this place, I can't do it just. But to paint a horrible picture that really is a must. Not only is it hot, there's agony and pain. And all throughout this place, ultimate discomfort reigns. It's a place of outer darkness, a place where the worm never dies. <coughs> if you end up in this place, throughout eternity, you'll forever cry. Hell is no joke. Hell is no fun. It's a place where people go who chose to reject God's Son. If you're not saved, we want to offer Christ to you right now. If you don't know for sure that if you died right now, that heaven would be your home, <coughs> we want to give you an opportunity to change direction. Mason, you were talking about buying houses. You said the thing with houses is location, location, location. Let's listen to this little thing that I posted one time. And this little girl said, you're going to die. The only thing you got to worry about is location, location, location. Where will you spend eternity? Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the mouth confession is made unto salvation and the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Are you saved today? Do you know this Jesus that we talk about? If not, you can meet him tonight. You don't have to go to church to get saved. But once you get saved, go to church. That's another thing. We got to redo that, Mason. I don't know why people are not going to church now, as brother saying. We'll get back on that. But we want to thank you all for joining us on tonight. We hope we've said something to help you along the way. We want you to understand it's good to be alive. It really is. But one day, life is going to end. And if I never see you again down here, hope to meet you up there. God bless you all. May heaven smile upon you. May God keep you and yours. Brother Sam, if you will, take us out in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity you allowed us just to speak upon your word, Lord.
Father God, those who are listening, Father God, on the line, and that they have a clear understanding of who you are, oh God. And Father God, if they need a word or something, Father God, let them know, Father God, that for such a time as here, Lord, to preach your word, Father God, and just to lend an ear to those who need you, oh Lord. Thank you for those who stood on the line and are faithful callers and listeners, Father God, and followers, Lord. Continue to bless them, O oh God, in a mighty way, Lord. Bless these men of God, Lord, and continue, Father God, just to let them be all that you need them to be, O oh God. Yes, let them be a mouthpiece for your people, O oh God, that they will lead them to you, O oh God, whether they are in the highways and hedges, O oh Father God. Protect them, O oh Lord. Continue to fill them up on this journey, O oh Lord. We just thank you, Father God, because of who you are in our lives. We are nothing, Father God, without you. But with you, Father God, we can do all things, O oh Yes. Bless these men and women, Father God, who are on this line, Father God, that, Father God, just say a little thing, oh God, or say a mumbling word, oh Father God, that we hear them. We see, Father God, their words, and we thank you for their encouragement, Father God. And we just ask you, Father God, just to watch over this nation, Father God, and the things that are going on, Lord, we know it's in your hands, oh God. And we thank you for still being in the number, oh Lord. So, Father God, we just thank you on tonight, oh God. And we hope, Father God, that we said something, Father God, that is pleasing to your heart, oh God. And, Father God, we may use it, oh Lord, in the way that you want us to use it, oh Lord. So we thank you, oh God. And we ask it all in your son Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Again, God bless you all. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, be blessed.